Welcome to Valley Outdoors, covering outdoor recreation in the Matsu Valley and greater Alaska with your host, Tim Escher. Hello everyone, welcome to Valley Outdoors, where we talk about all the great outdoor opportunities we have around the Matsu Valley and Alaska in general. One thing we don't have much of currently is traditional alpine skiing. Today we have someone in the studio who hopes to change that. On today's show, we have Louisa Branchflower, Executive Director of Hatcher Alpine Experience, or HACS. Good morning, Louisa. Hi. And happy to have you here. Thanks. Um, when I first uh, started coming up to Alaska, let's see, probably 15 years ago, um, I had been skiing for a long time. I've skied since I was probably in my early teens, and so I've been doing it for 40 years, which tells you how old I am, I guess. And, uh, but I'm from Wisconsin. And so the skiing we did there were on places that were called mountains. And mm-hmm. one of the ski resorts was called Cascade Mountain. But I think it's vertical drop is about half of the butte, <laughs> about 400 feet. And uh, a big ski trip for us was to go to the upper peninsula of Michigan. And you would get vertical drop of probably the size of the butte up there, <laughs> but those are big mountains to us. And uh, so when I came to Alaska, um, I was, I knew that Alieska existed, and it was a large resort, and there was a few other ones around, um, but I was really surprised there was nothing up this way. Um, and I kind of asked around, and people had said for years, people have tried to get some sort of a ski hill up in this area because there are a lot of enthusiasts um, and obviously a lot of mountains around, but I was really surprised that it wasn't happening. Um, and so I guess I'm excited to have you here and, and hear about what's going on up there. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're trying to do up in uh, Hatcher Pass? Well, um, like you said, you know, they've been trying to do something up there for years. I think it's since the 60s or the 70s, they've been, you know, seriously trying to get some, a big developer to come in and develop this area um, of Hatcher Pass. We're talking about mile 10.6 is where the proposed ski lift will go. Okay, <clears> and that's, <throat> that's as you're going up Hatcher Pass, that's before the, the sharp left turn yeah, where the mother load used to be. Yeah, before where the mother load used to be, okay. before Goldman Trailhead. We're about two miles before that, mile okay. 10.6. Um, and yeah, so it hasn't happened uh, for various reasons throughout the years. I think one big part of that is probably because in order to make it pan out, they would have had to make a big resort out of it, mm-hmm. you know, do the condos and the development. And I, I don't think that's what the community wants. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm kind of glad that it didn't work out that way. But um, they did set the table for us to come along and, uh, you know, and us, meaning we're all community members, we're all volunteers, um, to, us to come together and do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's already electric to the site, which is a huge investment mm-hmm. that the Matsu Borough did. Uh, there's, you know, a road and a parking lot. There's been, a, you know, the environmental impact assessment's already been done. Um, a lot of work has already gone into prepping this. Okay. Well, let's back up a little bit. And why don't you talk about what it is you're actually trying to do? I mean, what it, It's a ski hill, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, we want to... With some runs and actual lifts yeah, and things we want, like that? Yeah, we started a nonprofit two years ago. Okay. And um, to with our our main purpose is to develop a, an alpine ski area at Hatcher Pass. Okay. Now, there's been um, a lot of uh, backcountry and alpine touring done up in there. And uh, so, and I know one of the popular areas to go is uh, a, 
up by the Independence Mine, I think, across the road, there's a slope over in that area that people like to snowboard and ski on. And then I think across, kind of across from Archangel, um, over in that area. Is that, is are those connected or is this a completely different spot? Completely different. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, people like to backcountry ski all over Hatcher mm-hmm. Pass. It's all, and the, pl- the place that we're talking about right now is classically been known as the Glades. Um, as a popular backcountry spot, especially when the avalanche danger is pretty high mm-hmm. because this area is pretty mellow, pretty low angle. Okay. Um, be considered like a blue square, uh, mostly for, um, if you're going to classify it for, uh, downhill skiing, snowboarding, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, historically really low avalanche in this area. Okay. And so it's kind of the Northern slope of government peak almost. It's the, it? it's the eastern slope. Of oh, the eastern slope. Sorry, my direction. Next, and next the um, Government Peak Chalet or the Nordic facilities on the south, southern right. slope of Government Peak. Okay. Um, but that's accessed through Edgerton Parks. So okay. it's kind of, um, it's quite a ways away, but still. All the same mountains, just different mountain. roads to get yep. there. Okay. And then the, um, the project you're looking at is in phases, correct? And so you have kind of a long-term dream plan of that I've seen put together, but um, you have a first phase that you're raising money for, and maybe a second phase and a third phase. Can you talk a little bit about those? Sure, yeah. Our, our first phase that we're working towards, we call it phase 1A, and it involves a um, small beginner chairlift, triple chairlift. It's about 1,200 feet long okay. with a vertical rise of 300 feet. And we found a, a refurbished chair out of, uh, New Hampshire mm. that we're that we've got our eye on and um, that's what we're we're aiming we're, we want it to be really simple you know basic infrastructure to just get people up skiing and once we finally I feel like that's the biggest barrier right now is to prove to people that we're real that we exist and that we're actually doing it mm-hmm. um, but once we get people up skiing there then I think the momentum will continue and we can start fundraising for our next phase which includes a longer chairlift, a high-speed quad, a mile long, which will open up, you know, hundreds of acres wow. of skiing potential. And also, um, you know, a lodge where we can have events. And- mm-hmm. So the uh, the lift that you have your eye on right now, is that you already have that lift or is that what you're raising funds for currently? That's what we're raising funds for right now. And we're about 60% of the way. Okay. Um, we... We got a huge grant from the Matsu Health. Yeah, Foundation. that was big news. That's uh, yeah. that's one of the reasons you're here. I wanted to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah, um, so that solidified it. I mean, we're going to be able to get it. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can raise the funds in the next couple months, then we should be able to secure it for this summer. Be building it this summer and be skiing on it next winter. Mm-hmm. But if it takes longer, then Definitely the year after that. Okay. So you received a grant from the Matsu Health Foundation, is that, is that right, for yep. 500000 500000 Okay. All right. And so that is about half the cost of the lift approximately? Yeah. Is that, is that right? Okay. So you have on the order of three hundred to 400000 left to that's, raise? That's correct. To get the lift? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's a lot it's to a lot. go. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are the kind of things that you're doing um, to get that? What? Uh, well, I, I think you have like a, you can sponsor a chair. And you yeah, we have a lot of sponsorship on. opportunities that we're hoping um, we can get people to buy in on. Uh, one of the big things is naming a chair. So you get your name on a placard on the back of a chair. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a great 
advertising opportunity for a lot of businesses or families because, I mean, the life of the chair is potentially 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, so you have your placard there for a long time. Right. Um, and then, you know, you also get some other really fun benefits, including some private ski days and lift tickets and, um, you know, your name on the website and just all sorts of right. all sorts of ways to encourage people to sponsor. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And then uh, folks can just contribute directly, yep. right? Okay. Yep, people can give any amount. That, you know, we're a nonprofit, so mm-hmm. they can write it off. Okay. Um, but I think you've already done some work up there. Um, I, I, there was some trail clearing that was done in the last year or so, and then there was a... a building that was put up. Can you talk about that? Yep. A little bit? Uh, we've been clearing trails. I think we've cleared over six miles of trails already. Mm. Um, the Matsu Trails and Parks Foundation has been very generous and, uh, and funded us two years in a row now for helping us with those efforts. And we've had a ton of volunteers as well come out to help clear the trails, get it ready for um, grooming. Our board member, <clears throat> our board member and cornerstone of the organization, uh, Dave Hendrickson, has a groomer that, and he's been grooming the last few seasons already. Oh, so you actually have a snowcat like machine up there. We do. Yeah. And we've been grooming and and people are welcome to hike up and ski down the groom trails already. Um, and so our, our board member has this uh, groomer and he was parking it just in the woods, exposed to elements, exposed to, you know, vandalism. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we made this um, snowcat building a priority. And we went before the Fishhook Community Council and asked them to help fund our um, a foundation for mm-hmm. the building, which they approved. And uh, we started work in September, I believe, of last year. And, uh, and we had this big donated metal building as well from also from Dave Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the roof. And we had the foundation, and we had walls, and uh, you know, hundreds, probably maybe a thousand, more than a thousand hours of volunteer labor um, went into building this building, and we got it complete uh, just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cat's parked in there, safe wow. and secure. So is he grooming now? There's there's um, been snow up there, not yeah, a lot, but. We've, we, we just got a big dump, I think, uh, in the last, well, yesterday, I think. So hopefully we'll get somebody out grooming in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll start opening the gate regularly starting this weekend. Okay. Yeah, that's something uh, people who live down here don't realize. It rained here all day yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually working. At, I'm an EMT with the borough, and I was working. And it was just pouring rain all day. And, uh, but I, when I went home, I live up by Glacier View, which is about mile 90 on the Glen. We're up about 2,500 feet. It dumped on us up there. And, uh, I had to go home and plow the driveway because I had six inches of snow on the ground. Um, and, uh, we're in the rain shadow up there, so we don't actually get as much snow as Hatcher probably does. Um, but it can be raining down here and just snowing like crazy up there. I know. Um, and so if you're looking for a place to go, it sounds like there is snow up there. And yeah, there's grooming I think up there. They, the troopers actually closed down the pass because the... There's so much snow wow. and the avalanche danger was wow. getting really bad. Okay. Well, then that's that brings up another question that I have. You had mentioned that that's kind of a low avalanche danger spot. I, I actually went on the um, avalanche site this morning, and they've got red all over the website right now because the avalanche danger up above about 2,500 feet is pretty high right now because of all the snow. 
not only yesterday, but I guess they got some over the weekend um, as well up there. Um, so what about this particular area that you're in? Is that, you said that that's pretty low? Historically, yeah. Historically, okay. it's a pretty low avalanche danger place. I mean, of course, there's always a chance of avalanches, sure. but, um, you know, avalanche mitigation for our purposes for this first phase, um, is going to be pretty low. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, when and we get, you know, further on, when we get, go, the higher we get up the mountain, you know, the more we're going to have to mitigate those sure. hazards, of course. But. Well, and then there is there is a ski patrol group in yep. the valley, Pioneer, the Pioneer Patrol. Pioneer Patrol. Um, and they've traditionally been uh, mostly Nordic, right? Nordic and backcountry support. Yeah. Um, so are they involved in this project? Yep, they're going to be our primary ski patrol. Okay. Go to. And, oh. you know, they haven't been very active in the last couple of years. So they're gearing up. They're, they're, you just joined, right? Well, yeah, that's my intention. I'm taking the I'm taking the uh, outdoor emergency class, yep. uh, emergency care class right now, which is pretty long. The book I think is 1,200 pages long. So mm-hmm. that's my intention. We'll see if I get through it all. But yeah, yeah. So we're you know we're recruiting um, ski patrollers for you know they'll start being more active starting next year, mm-hmm. and they'll be our primary patrol. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, um, if you just joined us, this is Tim Escher with Valley Outdoors on Big Cabbage Radio, and we're talking with Louisa Branchflower of Hatcher Alpine Express. Um, experience. What's that? Experience. Oh, experience. <laughs> yes, I get that. Well, and then I want to call it Hatcher Pass Experience when I talk to people, too. And no, wait, it's H-A-X. Okay. All right, I'll get that straight. Um, so, um, um, you mentioned that the gate's going to be open. So, there's a gate. If you go up to the mile 10.6, and there's a parking lot on the left side, kind of a pull out, mm-hmm. right? And then there's a gate, a little kiosk there, and you actually have to drive up to the bench. I'm gesturing here that people can't see. <laughs> uh, but you can drive up to the bench, and there's a parking lot up on the bench, right, mm-hmm. that people can park at. Um, and so um, when will that gate be open, and, and when can people feel that they can just go up? Yeah, yeah, you're always welcome to park at the bottom okay. and walk up, even if the gate's closed. But we, we will uh, regularly open and close the gate Um all weekends and Matsuburo school holidays. Okay. Um, and we'll start, you know, we've been waiting to get more snow to start that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking because of the recent storm, we should, we'll probably be able to start this Saturday. Okay. All right. And, uh, you know, daylight hours, eight to six, or I guess that's not, not quite daylight hours. Mm-hmm. but <laughs> um, And we just ask that you, you know, get your car out of there because we're all volunteers. So we have to you know, go up there to close it. So just make sure you get back to your car in time. And is somebody plowing it so folks can get up in there? Yeah, we do have the Matsuburo actually has been plowing for oh, us. Oh, okay. Okay. And then when people go up, um, how do they know where to go? I mean, is it fairly obvious on where the trails are and where to hike up and come down? And- yeah. And there's a, we've been working on a, on an up track, actually a dedicated up track. One of our volunteers has been up there. Um, and I think he's been flagging it as well. Um, but I mean, you can right now hike or walk or skin up any mm-hmm. path that you want. Okay. Okay. And then are the trails marked somehow, or is it fairly obvious on, uh, the cleared trails to come the, down? I mean, they're going to be groomed sometimes. Some of them are going to be yeah, groomed, so that'll be obvious. They're but. not marked yet. I mean, we'll definitely get to that when we have a lift, mm-hmm. but right now, I mean, this is all still backcountry area, so sure. it's all at your own risk. Right. And that's something people need to be aware of. It's not patrolled. No. You know, there's grooming going on when they can get it done. But yep. when people get out there, they're still remote yeah, and they may or may not have cell phone coverage. Yep. Um, 
depending on who their carrier is. I think I get some up there, but uh, some folks may not. So they need to be aware that it's that it's like skiing anywhere else in Hatcher right now, mm-hmm. in that you you can be on your own out yeah. there. You need to be aware of that. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about the organization um, that you are? You're I think you're relentless. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, I've heard about all of the um, a little bit anecdotally about the um, attempts other people have made to make something happen up there. And you say they've failed for various different reasons. And there's been other um, ski hills put up. There's something called, I think, the Alaska Lost Ski Hill website or something. And, and you know, out where I live, I like to talk about where I live because I love it out there. Um, out past Gunsight Mountain, if you go past Sheep Mountain and you take the corner on the Glen Highway, kind of curls around Gunsight Mountain, there was an old ski hill back there. Mm. Um, that was put up back in the fifties and sixties, I think. Mm. And if you hike up that hill, uh, it's a great place to go pick blueberries in the fall. But if you hike up that hill, you can still see posts with pulleys on them up there uh-huh. where the, where the rope toe and the T-bar uh-huh. went up. And, uh, and if people remember probably before 2011, there was a little triangular hut that was up on the left side of the highway. Everybody wondered what that was. Was that a weather station or what that, what was that? But that was the chalet. Uh, for the ski resort, ah. resort in quotes, that yeah. uh, was there. <clears throat> and uh, people used to drive out from Anchorage and ski down that hill. And I think it uh, closed back in the 70s. Um, that just wasn't maintained anymore. Um, and I think the little chalet burned down in 2011. Somebody went out there and torched it, which was unfortunate. Um, and so people have attempted before. And, and obviously, it's I mean, this is a perfect place to do it. Um, it's just... It, it hasn't happened so far, and, and, and uh, there used to be a little uh, on the the website, the Lost Area Ski, ski Lost Ski Area Project. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a, a rope toe up at, and maybe a T bar up at Independence. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so, right. And they actually, there. I remember going up there. They actually have a board, isn't there? Something up there that has the old price list for yeah. like, for ski for ski tickets and yeah. things like that. <laughs> I look at it and I just kind of wince. Oh man, I wish that was still here. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, uh, maybe you can make that happen. So why don't you talk a little bit about the organization? I, I mean, I went to one of the meetings, um, the ops committee and they were talking about, there's a grant committee and there's an executive board. It sounds like you have quite an organization going here. So can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, it's been, I mean, we've, we've been really fortunate to have, I think the, the right people in the community that came together, mm-hmm. um, to make this working. So um, what happened originally was the borough put out $100,000 of money that they were initially going to use for, you know, trying to get another developer to come out. Okay. And they changed the wording on that to say, okay, let's just have somebody do something with this. It doesn't have to be for marketing. Somebody can use it to build something with Mm -hmm. it. So um, I started, I put out some you know, notices around town, hey, let's have a meeting and find out who's doing anything about this money. And so, you know, we... So this was all kind of on your own, starting out? It was... Well, sort of. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of people that have helped me get to this point. Sounds like you've been the spark, though. But I, you know, said, okay, we need to, we need to do something because mm-hmm. my husband and I are very passionate about skiing and we've been wanting this as well. So we saw this money sitting here. Okay, let's... Maybe somebody's already doing, you know, who knows if anybody's doing about it, anything right. about it. But if there's not, let's find out. So we had a couple of public meetings and nobody was doing anything about it. We realized, okay, I guess, I guess we're going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we, you know, figured out, okay, what's the best method? We determined, we're, you know, developing a nonprofit would be the best um, route 
and that we were specific enough in our mission that it wouldn't make sense to go in some of the other existing nonprofits like the Matsuski Club or Bimba or some of the other great organizations around the Valley that are doing other great things. Um, so we incorporated in November of 2015, and we've just been, you know, every month we get together, you know, we have some engineers on the committee, we have Dave Hendrickson on the committee, who's, you know, he's been a ski patrol in Alaska for, it's going to be a 66 winter now. Mm. You know, he's got the, he's got the, the cat. Um, we have, you know, all these great people, Rob Wells, who's been involved in all the, you know, trying to see it, has, has been trying to see it for the last 40 years, mm -hmm. trying to happen. So he brings the historical um, connection. So, yeah, the, just a great group of people that came together and uh, you know it, it's been take it's taken us a while to prove you know to tell people that we exist because you know the knee-jerk reaction is oh they've been trying to do that for years yeah, that's right, never right, gonna right. happen yeah i was just another shot yeah. let's see what happens here so they just shrug their shoulders and say that that's not going to happen and so luckily we've gotten you know having some people take the chance on us like the fisher community council that was mm -hmm. huge to get that ball rolling and and build this you know maintenance building now we have this physical object up there, you know, with a groomer in it, and we can show people, hey, you know, we're grooming. We've been clearing trails. We've been doing all this work already, um, you know, and, and breaking out into these great committees. We have a great marketing committee with some really strong people on it that have, mm -hmm. you know, been contributing a lot of their advertising and marketing knowledge um, to help get spread the word, get the word out, and help us look more professional. Right, right. Um, you're listening to Valley Outdoors. I'm Tim Escher, and we're talking about the potential new ski area in uh, Hatcher Pass with uh, Louisa Branchfowler of Hatcher Alpine Experience. I got it right that time. Um, so um, what's your background? What brought you into this? And, and did, have you done nonprofits before, or is this a new experience for you? Um, I've worked with nonprofits over the years in various rate, you know, uh, capacities. I work for the Soil and Water Conservation right now. Okay. Southern Water Conservation District, which is a quasi-state, quasi-nonprofit. So I have a little bit of background. Um, I grew up with a love of skiing. I, when I left home, I went straight to this, you know, the local ski mm -hmm. resort and started working in the industry, uh, which and and uh, eventually brought me to Mammoth Mountain in California, okay. where I was working as a ski patroller professionally and met my husband there. And we ended up in Alaska, but we still have this love of skiing that, you know, we want to, now we have some small children and we want somewhere close, local to have our children, you know, learn how to ski. Right, right. And uh, you had mentioned at the beginning of the show that this is, you're not looking at a large resort. So this isn't going to be a Vail. This is not going to be an Alaska with a large hotel and condos and all of that. It's more kind of an alpine valley sort of a thing. Can you yeah. talk about the differences? Yeah, and like an arctic valley. Um, or arctic valley, yeah. Um yeah, you know, we're going we're starting small, obviously, very small, and we're going to just grow as big as the community wants us to, I think is mm -hmm. what I like to tell people because it's a community effort, you know. It's not we're not a big deep pocket developer that's just going to put all this money into it and hope people come. We're just going to grow, you know, if people come and ski on the lift and we can, you know, write grants and raise enough money to build the next lift, then we'll do that. Um, but no, you know, it, I think it's very 
and talking to everybody in the community about this too. Like we've done a lot of, we had a booth at the fair and we've been at the transportation fair and just some of the, you know, anytime we talk to people, it's really important that this stays small and community and that, you know, we're not going to take advantage and try and blow it up. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be volunteer run like Arctic Valley? Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to try and we're going to have a few dedicated staff, um, you know, for safety and, um, but we'll have primarily volunteer okay. run, which will, I think will be great because it'll give people an opportunity to um, get discounted or free lift passes, of mm-hmm. course, which I think is important to people and, and also to just to be part of it. Right. Right. And, and Arctic Valley is great that way. You know, they, they've, they've been around for decades, I think, and they're uh, very I think active. 70 or 80 years now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a very active group too. And yeah. uh, nice building and oh, yeah. uh, a day lodge that they have there. And, uh, and, and that's one of the concerns that I've heard from people that don't know much about it. You know, they, they love Hatcher Pass. They love the fact that you can just get out of the, out of the quote city here and end up in a mountain Alpine wilderness pretty quickly. And they're worried that all of a sudden there's going to be a, you know, a large resort there and, and it's just going to end up developing everything, um, and won't have that experience, but it doesn't sound like that, that's what this is going to be. That's not the intention at all. Yeah. And also, um, where, where we are at Hatcher Pass too, is a big um, misconception that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not by the mine. You're we're not up by the, the mine. We're right. not the road runs. You know, a lot of people think that we're taking over the road runs, and mm-hmm. we're still a couple miles before that. People yep. are still welcome to use the road runs. Tons of backcountry skiing, tons of snow machining. You know, I mean, all that stuff that's currently going and happening still there. This is a just a small little area before, mm-hmm. you know, you get to. As you drive into the pass up on the left, probably drive right past it most of the time. And this this little area is just going to provide a place for, you know, a lot of people that wouldn't be able to recreate in the winter mm-hmm. on their own otherwise. Yep. Yep. Well, that's great. Um, so we're running short of time. Um, this goes fast. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> um, so um, can you talk a little bit about how people find out about this and, and how they uh, can get in contact with you, either if they want to volunteer or donate or find out about events that are occurring? Yeah, absolutely. We have a few different ways. Um, I like to tell people to sign up for our newsletter um, because I think that's the best way to find out about upcoming volunteer opportunities and events and our progress. Um, we send that out once or twice a month. So and how do they sign up for that? So if you go visit our website, uh, it'll prompt you to sign up for the newsletter. Our website's skihatcherpass.org. Okay. We also try and keep that up to date with all sorts of volunteer opportunities and events and meetings and whatnot. People can come and um, see what's going on or see some pictures of mm-hmm. stuff that we've done already. Um, you can email me directly, skihatcherpass at gmail.com. Okay. Um, you can you have a Facebook find us page? on fa- Facebook, right. yeah, okay. Ski Hatcher Pass <laughs> on Facebook or Hatcher Alpine Experience. I think either way, we'll take you there. Um, and yeah, right now we're in the midst of a really fun naming campaign, okay. which has been cool. Uh, we're trying to name the mountain because our nonprofit is named Hatcher Alpine Experience, but we want the ski hill to have a cool, unique name. Mm-hmm. So we've been asking the public to submit their naming suggestions and Right now we're over 350 names already, so a lot, a lot of great suggestions. Um, the board will meet on the 17th, I believe, or the 18th, and narrow it down to 10. Hopefully, okay. we can do that. 10 of our of the best naming That's suggestions. Going to be hard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
And then the membership, anybody who's a member will get to vote on the name. Okay. And how do you become a member? So if you go on our website, you can sign up to be a member. Um, memberships are $25 for singles and uh, 50 for families. And uh, right now, it's just a way to support us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you know, a few discount opportunities on some of our movie events and other things. And this really cool naming right. you know, campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the future, membership will you know, mean a little bit more discounts on lift tickets and whatnot. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, um, I re- really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Um, this is exciting. I, yeah. I, I really it's, want to see this happen. Oh, um, it's happening. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> as, uh, when you uh, got the, the large grant from the Health Foundation, that seemed to be the tipping point. It, I think it's as, the tipping point uh, yep, for sure. Yep. Um, and, uh, and you're a 501c3 too, so if, if, correct? Yes. So if, if people donate and they're able to deduct that on their taxes, they can do that. Yeah. Um, um, so that's wonderful. So again, I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, for my second show <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, again, we've had uh, Louisa Branchflower from Hatcher Alpine experience and, uh, talking about the, uh, ski hill we're trying to get up in Hatcher pass. And you've been listening to uh, Valley outdoors on big cabbage radio. Thanks Louisa. Thank you. You've been listening to Valley outdoors covering outdoor recreation in the Matsu Valley in greater Alaska. Valley Outdoors is a production of Big Cabbage Radio, recorded in our studios in Palmer, Alaska. Music by Robin Hopper of Chugiak, Alaska, and I'm your host, Tim Escher.